Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and chavruta, Yerdena Azband, our daf of the day, Masacha Beta, daf Dalet, page four. I'm starting, I don't know, towards the end of Ahmed Aleph, uh, where we've got a real conundrum of a case. Itmar, Shabbat v'yom tov. Rav amar nolda bezeh, asura bezeh. Rabbi Yochanan amar nolda bezeh, muteret bezeh. We've got a case where Shabbat and, and Yontif, the holiday, fall out on consecutive days. So Rav says that if an egg is born, born, laid, right? If an egg is laid on one of these days, it is prohibited on the other day. Meaning, you know, whichever day comes first is when the egg is laid and you, you can't then eat it on the next day either. Rabbi Yochanan says, if it is, if it is in fact laid on this one, whichever one comes first, it is permitted on that one you would be allowed to eat it on the second one. Meaning, if it's if it's late on Shabbos, you could eat it on Yant. If it's late on Yant, if you could eat it on Shabbos, but not you can't eat it on the day that it was laid. Um, okay, the Gemara goes on. Neima kasava rav kedusha chati. So maybe rav is of the opinion that when Shabbos and Yant fall out next to each other so that there is the kedusha of Shabbat that is, you know, contiguous to the kedusha of the, of the holiday, Perhaps then Rav thinks that it's one long kedusha, one long sanctity, and therefore you can't, it, it's treating the second day, the second day which is of truly of a different kind of day, meaning either it's Shabbat or a holiday as compared to the day before, um, but maybe the kedusha of it kind of blends and becomes one long kedusha, in which case the same way that that egg is prohibited on the first day, on the day upon which it is laid, it would also be prohibited on the second day. But the Gemara doesn't like that. It's going to raise a question on it. Because didn't Rav say, Don't we already know this? That Rav said that the Halach is according with the four elders. The four elders, which were, you know, follow the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer said that in the case, specifically, when you've got Shabbat and Chag, in a consecutive, you know, they're lined up consecutively. Then we have two kedushot. We have two separate sanctities rather than one long day. Meaning, you don't you don't run them together. They technically run together on the on the calendar. Like there's no there's no in your actual life there's no breathing time of chol between that Shab, Shabbat and and Chag. But still, the kedusha of the one and the kedusha of the other happen to be contiguous. It's not that it's one long thing. So then, Rav's, if Rav is saying that he's possibly like a person who holds of this opinion, then it cannot be that he thinks that it was one long day, and that's why the egg is prohibited on the second day. So rather, the Gemara says that really they're disagreeing with Rabba's the preparation of Rabba. What does he say? He says, if you're talking about preparing something from one day to the next, and that's what Rabba doesn't like. That means that Rav was of the opinion that items that were prepared in this way of Rabba's preparation, and we'll come back to that in one moment, that they would be prohibited. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan does not think that if you prepare things in the way of Rabba's pro- pr- preparation, that it would be prohibited. So the question then is, what does it mean to prepare in this kind of way? So the, the, it really speaks to whether you've got a decree here. Um, okay, so for example, that we have commentaries who say 
that this preparation, right? How can you prepare from one day to the next? That's really what's happening here. Is it considered acceptable or is it not considered acceptable? If you Can you prepare something? Can you do something on Shabbat that will lead into the holiday? Or likewise, can you prepare something on Chag that will lead into Shabbat? And this is where this, this falls down. Is that egg that was laid on the first of these two holy days considered preparation for the second of the two holy days? And if it's not preparation... No, I'm sorry. If you hold that that kind of preparation is a problem, then you can't use that egg. If you hold that that kind of preparation is acceptable, then you could. So that kind of will at least accommodate the machloket that we saw at the beginning between Rav and Rav Yochanan. Um, okay, the Gemara goes on. Ketanai, the, there's a dispute that is kind of similar to this from, um, from the Tanaim. Nolda b'Shabbat, te'achel b'yom tov. B'yom tov, te'achel b'Shabbat. So this, there's this brighter, right, that says an egg that was laid on Shabbat could be eaten on a festival, on the holiday. And if it was, if it was laid on the Chag, then it could be eaten on Shabbat. I Meaning, again, we're talking about contiguous days where whichever one came first is, is that. For, like, obviously, you can't go back in time, right, that the egg can't be, can't be re-eaten the day before. It has to be, whichever comes first, it means that it's going to be Shabbat and then hol- the holiday or the holiday day is going to be on Friday and then Shabbos. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mishum Rabbi Lezer, Adayin Himachloket Shabit Shamay Omrim Teachel, Ubeit Hillel Omrim Lo Teachel. And here we have a lineup, like you know, like you said the other day about how Beit Shamay appears to be lenient here. The opinion here is that, oh, let me take a step back. Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Lezer that we still have a dispute here because Beit Shamay says that in fact you can eat that egg, and Beit Hillel says no, you cannot. Meaning from the from when it's laid on the first day to the second day. And so how does this gonna how are we gonna work this out? So the Gemara has a story of it says here, uh, let's try one more time. um like Ushpizin, right? The hosting. Uh so what happens? They said these eggs were they had eggs that were were laid on Yantif that was on a Friday. And now the host, uh whatever, wants to know can he use them for Shabbat? So he comes to his guest because his guest is a sage, right? And says to Rav Adabar Ava, you know, what's the halacha? Can we use these eggs? Can we and he dafka asked, can we cook them? now on the holiday which will mean that we would then eat them on the next day which is shabbos now the issue of course is that this you know often you can cook on yuntif to make it ready for shabbos that's what the erev shilin is all about but in this case you know the concern is that we're not just talking about preparation for shabbos handling something that was presumably muktzah because it's nolad right it is this this egg that has only been laid on only once it became the festival, is that acceptable? Is it acceptable to say, well, there's no issue of nolad on the next day, so we're going to allow you to cook it on this day when it still would be prohibited? Meaning you couldn't do that preparation, you couldn't do that cooking to eat that egg on on that Friday. You'd have to wait until Shabbos. So Amalei Maidatech, Ravada Barava says to him, like, what is your opinion? Meaning you came to ask this question to begin with, you clearly have an opinion. Rav Rabbi Yochanan, Halacha it, you know, there's this dispute between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan that we read at the beginning. The in general, the the principle is that when they have a dispute, 
we pass in like Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan's position, of course, was that it is permitted. Okay, I'm just, you know, to remind back what, what we saw in the Gemara already. Here, the Gemara says, Afilu Rabbi Yochanan, lo kishare el lugum alamachar, aval lo. So he says, but even Rabbi Yochanan, when he says that it's permitted to eat it, he says you can eat it. He's talking about you can eat it raw. I mean, he says you can eat it on the next day when it is no longer prohibited as an issue of no lud, as an issue of something that was laid, the egg that was laid on that day. On that same day, you can't do anything with it. You can't roast it. You can't you can't eat it. You can't cook it in preparation for the next day. The next day you could eat it, but that would have to be raw because you can't cook it because it's Shabbos, right? As opposed to if the days were Shabbos and Sunday, then on Sunday you could cook it to eat it as part of Yantif. Um Okay, so there, this part of, the reason I want to read this, of course, is because it's such a very interesting conundrum, and the way the Gemara tra- tracks it through to figure out what is the crux of the Machloket and what are the parameters of it, right? To what extent can you say, okay, we, we have the prohibition on this day, but we have the leniency on that day, and how far does that go? And the answer is, it depends on all of the factors in play, right? Which day comes first and what you want to do with it and, you know, what the concept is of why it would be prohibited to begin with. Again, this idea that perhaps it's preparation for the next day um, is seems to be where they where they land. I mean, this whole conversation about Hachana is interesting. And again, I find it fascinating that, you know, one of the things we talked about in our introduction to Masachat is this is kind of a continuation of Shabbat. So it's interesting to see, you know, why didn't this discussion sort of not appear in Shabbat? Why does it sort of appear here? Because we did talk about Hachana in Shabbat. Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, unless you want to subsume all of Beitza into Masachet Shabbat, which is already pretty long, I th- I'm comfortable with with pulling out the issues that also are relevant to Yantif issues, right? As opposed to being only Shabbat issues. So yes, it's 100% a Shabbat issue, but I would say it's not only a Shabbat issue, which makes it okay for me, just in my conceptualization of it, to be in this Masachet Yom Tov, as it were. Yep, I totally, I, I hear that. I just sort of want to point out the placement of it. Um, sure, I'm sure. going to move down to something later on, which gets into a discussion that's going to even continue on, you know, to the next page, but it's about two-day Yom Tov. So here they're talking about, you know, the two days of Chag, the two days of Yom Tov that have to be observed, not in Eretz Yisrael, right, in Galut. Rav Amar so Rav says an egg that was laid, you know, on one day is permitted on that day. And Ravasi says an egg that was laid on this day is prohibited on that day. So the question, in other words, on the, you know, on the next day. So the question asks, wait, why is Ravasi saying that, you know, don't we say, right, that Rav Asi holds that the two days are really considered to be one full day. They're not like day one of the Yom Tov is one Kedusha and day two is another one. And how do we know that, right? So, Baha Rav Asi Mabdil Miyoma Taba Lechabra. Didn't Rav Asi himself, right, didn't he recite Havdalah in between day one and day two of these two day Yom Tovs of Galyad. So first of all, I thought this was super interesting. I'd never heard of such a thing before. 
right? So if that's the case, what it shows us is that what he holds us is that day one of a Chag is its own festival. Day two of a Chag is its own festival, right? And again, the reason why they did this is because, you know, there was some issue about the new moon and when Rosh Chodesh is, which will actually get discussed um, more. Um, and so even though the first opinion seems to say that if the egg was laid on one day, you can't eat it on the next day, but that sort of doesn't make sense because what we're saying is, is that why should it be the same thing? Because Ravasi is basically saying they're two totally separate days. So if it's laid on the first day, let the person eat it on the second day. For Ravasi, Sapuke And so what it basically says, Ravasi was uncertain, right? About how the second day is meant to be observed, right? When it comes to the new moon, basically, right? And was it really just, you know, because there was this lack of awareness, but today we know that people actually know when the new moon is. And so therefore he was acted stringently basically in both cases. He was machmer in both cases, right? So he prohibited eating that egg on the second day that was laid on the first day. And he also acted stringently that he said Havdalah between both days in case like, yes, there was confusion, but now there isn't confusion and we know they're two separate days. So you would say Havdalah between the two. So it's kind of an interesting the solution that the Gemara comes up with and I'm finding this passage to be interesting because we're sort of seeing the development of the understanding of what's the purpose of these two days of Yom Tov. And the Gemara is acknowledging in a certain way that when originally we started doing these two days of Yom Tov, there was true confusion around the calendar. Now we know there isn't true confusion anymore about around the calendar, but yet we still keep these two days. And then we have Amar Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera says, Kavate de Rabbi Asi mis." So he says, no, we can basically reason here, right, that according to this opinion of, Rab Ash, of Ravasi, right, that the sages basically, the Chachamim basically were holding that the two days were one day, right, and it wasn't because there was any type of uncertainty, but today we do this because we know that the you know, that that this that the determination of the new month, right, is, is but still we just do these two days. So Rabbi Zera is kind of acknowledging that. He's like, we're not doing the two days because of some uncertainty or that's what Ravasi was worried about. He just knows we do the two days because that's just kind of like what we do. And then Abaye comes and says, Amar Abaye, Kavate de Rav, Mistavra, so now he's talking about Rub's opinion, right? Because Rub said, yeah, you could have that egg laid on the first day. You can eat it on the second day. So he says, well, then according to Rub, right, maybe, right, that there's uncertainty sort of, you know, uh, you know, that with Rub, that the second day is actually observed because of uncertainty. And how does he know this? That's not. We learned in a mission. This is a mission we're going to see later on in Rosh Hashanah. But Rishonah Hayu Masin Masuot. Right. Initially, right at the beginning, they when right when there was the Kiddush Chodesh, right, the court says it's the new moon. They would light these torches on the mountaintops. We're going to learn much more about this in Masachat Rosh Hashanah, and that would signal that it was the what it was Rosh Chodesh. But then the Kutim, the Samaritans, they basically disrupted this. They would like light torches at the wrong time. They basically disrupted this whole thing. So then the Chachamim basically instituted that messengers, there would be shluchim that would go out to tell people when the start of the month would be. 
Now, since the messengers couldn't get to everybody in Galut, they couldn't get to all of the diaspora places, right? That's why they still instituted that there should be two days because there actually still was um, some uncertainty. Right? And then Abaye goes on to say, right? And if the, you know, the uh, Samaritans had, had sort of stopped this, right? Abdin and Chad Yoma, then maybe we would have gone back to one day. Right? And even when messengers would get from, you would arrive, we're talking about from Yerushalayim on time, we still would observe one day. Right? So then the Gemara says, okay, but now we really know when it's the first day. So my time of Abdin and So why are we still continuing to do this thing with the two days? And again, this is like the essential question that I think many of us ask who have to do the two days, right? We really know when the calendar is. So why are we doing this two-day thing? So they basically said, because they sent the warning from, you know, they sent this from Eretz Yisrael, right? That even though now there's this fixed calendar, but what did they basically warn them, right? Be careful to observe the custom of your fathers that you got, because the at times the right the the at times at times the monarchy will issue decrees, right? Basically, saying that you can't study Torah. The cow we got the calendar may be forgotten, and people will come to basically have this disrupted again, right? They won't be able to observe it again. So, in other words, the real reason why we keep the two days is not because of confusion of calendar, but because it's a way of maintaining or sort of buffering into our system, particularly, I would say, in the Jewish world now, right, that we may not always be allowed to learn Torah. It may be difficult to transmit how the calendar is actually calculated. And again, this is before computers. Like now you would just have a computer system that does it for you, right? (laughs) And therefore, to maintain that, there's always a small possibility. So we're going to keep the two days there. So I, I was blown away by this Gemara because I think we always say that it's no, it had to do with the calendar. Maybe there's uncertainty with the calendar. This Gemara is making it pretty clear. It's really that it was a, it was a minhagavotechem that we don't want to lose. And that also that people were warned, basically, like Gullit was warned. These diaspora communities were warned. You better keep those two days because you don't know if you'll find yourself in a position where you're really not going to be able to calculate the calendar. And therefore you're always going to have to keep these two days. So I think this really explains, you know, in a very interesting way for us, how some of these minhagim around two-day Yom Tov actually got started. I think that in addition to saying that this could be subsumed under Shabbat, we have to recognize that it could also be connected to Masachat Rosh Hashanah, where there's so much discussion of the calendar and the new moon and so on, which we'll get to, I know, very, very, very soon. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of overlap here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to see if we're going to continue more of this discussion tomorrow. Um, you know, there's a lot of information about Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Chodesh, and how all this sort of gets determined. That's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.